Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, noble citizens of this great city of Chicago in the country of USA, we have all assembled here this afternoon to understand what is Vipassana, And how does it help us in our day-to-day life? Vipassana is a process of truth realization, a process of self-realization, realization of the truth pertaining to oneself, within oneself, by oneself, at the experiential level. It is not just to quench the thirst of curiosity as to who am I. The purpose is that knowing the reality as it is, one starts understanding the real cause of misery. Why I become miserable? and the way to come out of misery. For that purpose, this process of self-realization, truth-realization, this physical structure, the corporeal structure, is this I, is this mind, or this mental structure, is this I, is this mind, or the combination of the two, is this I, is this mind, or is there is something beyond mind and matter, which is I, what it is. One has to make an investigation by self-introspection. The entire physical structure, one has to realize the truth about this structure, at the experiential level, the entire mental structure, the mental contents, at the experiential level one has to realize, and also one has to realize the interconnection of the two, how the mind keeps on influencing the body, and in return how body keeps on influencing the mind, and how at a very deep level Due to this interaction, without one knowing what's happening deep inside, one starts generating some defilement or the other, some impurity or the other, which keeps on multiplying, multiplying. And very soon it reaches the stage where one gets overpowered by this impurity. And because of that, one performs unwholesome actions unwholesome vocal action, unwholesome physical action, and later on when one realizes, one feels very bad about it. Why I said so? Why I did so? But it doesn't happen. Next time, similar situation, one reacts in the same way, keeps on harming oneself, keeps on harming others. Why? Why all this happens? 
this deep behavior pattern deep inside how it is working to understand all that vipassana is a wonderful scientific technique a rational pragmatic technique a non sectarian technique something which is not to be accepted how to blind faith or blind belief one has to experience the truth realize the truth and then only understand how misery arises and how it multiplies and how it can be eradicated the whole behavior pattern of generating defilements generating misery can be changed by one's own experience not by mere sermons sermons are helpful but they are so fragile they don't last long every religion every religion worth the name teaches us live a moral life every religion moral life that means don't perform any action vocal or physical which will harm others which will hurt others which will destroy the peace and harmony of others don't perform such actions we have been listing that follower of every religion is since that yet time and again one keeps on performing immoral actions because one has no control over the mind even if one has control over the mind at the depth of the mind if the behavior pattern is continuous continuous generating one defilement or the other one is helpless understanding fully at the intellectual level i sh- should not generate any impurity in the mind which will harm me and harm others yet one keeps on keeps on generating impurity this behavior pattern has to be broken and this process of self introspection self awareness self correction nobody else can correct us we have to correct ourselves first we have to find out where the mistake lies where the behavior pattern has gone wrong and then it becomes easy to change the behavior pattern to realize the truth at the deepest level of the mind and matter one has to train oneself to make the mind a part of the mind very sharp very subtle very sensitive so that you make a deep surgical operation of the mind and go to the depth at the root level that is why to understand this technique and to understand how to practice this technique one has to spare 10 days of the life very important because the whole technique requires you to work continuously 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 continuity of practice is the secret of success so far as this technique is concerned so you have to join a camp where this technique is being taught in a congenial atmosphere with least disturbance and proper guidance from experienced people and then you start working whenever you decide to learn this technique for you are good whenever you decide and you join a camp you will be asked to sit sit comfortably comfortably in any posture not necessary lotus posture or half lotus posture if someone can sit in half lotus posture or lotus posture go ahead nothing wrong but otherwise any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture you sit down keep your back and your neck straight 
this will help you to keep the mind attentive. Keep your eyes gently closed, your mouth gently closed, and see what reality is manifesting itself at the experiential level, no imagination. At the experiential level, what reality is manifesting? Reality pertaining to your own self, reality pertaining to this mind-matter phenomenon. The first reality that you will experience is the breath coming in, the breath going out. It is the reality. You are not imagining it. Start with that. Just start observing the breath as it comes in naturally, as it goes out naturally. Don't make a breathing exercise. Don't try to control the breath. That is a different technique altogether. We call it pranayama. It has its own benefit. But this technique is totally different from pranayama. Here the exercise is to develop the faculty of awareness. Awareness of the breath, natural breath, as it comes in, as it goes out. If it is deep, it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. If it passes through left nostril, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Don't interfere with the natural flow of the breath. Just observe. Do nothing. Just observe. Just observe. And understand mere breath, nothing but breath. No verbalization is allowed. Along with awareness of the breath, no verbalization, no visualization, no imagination, no suggestions, outer suggestion or auto suggestion. No imposition, imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, nothing. Mere breath, bare breath, natural breath, normal breath. Just observe, do nothing. Like you are sitting at the bank of a river and the river is flowing. You do nothing for the flow of the river, it's a natural flow. You are just sitting at the bank and watching the flow, so also. Keep your mind at the entrance of the nostrils and just feel the flow, the natural flow of the breath as it comes in, as it goes out. So easy. You have to do nothing. It is just happening naturally and you are just observing. So easy. And yet, whenever you make a decision to join a course of 10 days of Vipassana, the first day when you start working, you will notice so difficult, so difficult. You will hardly observe a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. And then you realize, oh, I was here observing the breath, what happened? Oh, let you start again. Hardly a few seconds and the mind is gone again. I have found not all but quite a few new students on the first day of the course, they become very frustrated, very irritated. They generate negativity, negativity towards themselves, negativity towards their own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? Look, you have to do nothing. Just stay here and feel the breath. This alone, this also you cannot do. The guide will say, don't generate negativity. Negativity is negativity. Whether you generate towards others or towards yourself, your own mind, it makes you miserable. You have come here to come out of the negativities. Just observe. Accept the reality. You were observing the breath, mind wandered away. As soon as you realize the mind has wandered away, smilingly accept the fact, at present my mind has wandered away. So what? The breath is still there. Come back. I start again. Start again. Again the mind wanders away. Again you realize, you accept the fact, this is the truth of this moment. Mind has wandered away. All right, I start again. Very patiently, very patiently, persistently, you keep on working, keep on working. You will notice the second day is much better than the first. And third day is still better. Not that the mind has become totally quiet, totally tranquil, calm, but much better. Another important thing, because you are not getting engaged in any other object, mere breath, that means truth, 
you are with the truth and as you are with the truth keeping your attention on a small area below the nostrils above the upper lip even you get few seconds or few moments when you are fully aware of it mind wanders and quickly it comes back wanders quickly it comes back you are working on a small area with the truth the law of nature is such the breath starts becoming finer and finer subtler and subtler shorter and shorter in many cases we find the breath becomes so fine like a fine thread thin thread and as it comes out it makes a u turn immediately so short mind has to also become very subtle to feel that so working on this working on this subtle breath fine breath the mind becomes subtler subtler sharper sharper more and more sensitive by the end of the third day the mind has become so sensitive it starts feeling subtler realities again pertaining to the mind and matter nothing else when you were observing the breath this was also mind and matter combination of mind and matter at the apparent level it looked that the breath is a physical function function of the lungs and that is why i breathe in or breathe out true but this is only apparent truth the actual truth is the breath is strongly related to the mind and very strongly related to the mental impurities you will understand that not because the teacher says so not because and book says so not because the tradition says so you will realize yourself while you are observing the breath observing the breath mind wanders away wanders away either in the past a memory of the past or in future an aspiration for the future or fear of the future when the mind wanders away many a times one reacts fear arises maybe anger arises ego arises any impurity that arises one will notice the breath has lost its normality it is no more normal it becomes slightly hard slightly fast and when that particular impurity is gone again the mind becomes normal the breath becomes normal oh so it becomes so clear the breath is strongly related to the mind and very strongly related to the mental impurities and we are here to realize the truth about the mind and matter the connection of the two on the fourth day the mind has become so sharp even at the end of the third day mind has become so sharp so sensitive start feeling subtler realities on this area you are working on a small area continuously continuously mind has become very sensitive you start feeling certain reality realities no imagination throughout the body every moment there is some biochemical reaction or the other taking place some electromagnetic reaction taking place everywhere throughout the body and it keeps on manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation different physical sensations you start experiencing different physical sensations on this area very gross solidified intensified unpleasant sensations are very easy to feel not necessary to practice anything when you feel pain or pressure or heaviness or heat or perspiration you feel it so easily but within the framework of the body so many different types of sensations every moment different types of sensations are taking place at one place or the other some are so subtle as you move further deeper 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 one reaches a stage where the entire physical structure the entire mental structure is nothing but oscillation very subtle oscillation how to feel that for that three days preparation was necessary now you are able to feel different sensations throughout the framework of the body from the fourth day onwards from the top of the head to the tips of the toes you observe every part of the body you feel every part of the body there is some sensation or the other initially maybe certain parts go blind you don't get any sensation doesn't matter you keep on working very patiently very patiently very soon you reach the stage 
where you start feeling sensations throughout the body or every part of the body, every particle of the body, every atom of the body, wherever there is life, there is bound to be sensation. This is law of nature. You are not able to experience it because mind was so gross, so scattered. Now the mind is concentrated and sharp. It starts feeling sensations. Initially on the fourth day or fifth day, most of the students feel very solidified, intensified, gross sensations, again like pain, pressure, heaviness, etc. But one is asked to continue, just observe the reality as it is, not as you like it to be, but as it is. If it's unpleasant, it's unpleasant. If it is solidified, intensified, it is so. Just observe. Don't react to it. And you keep on practicing, keep on practicing, observing equanimously, equanimously, mind becomes further sharper and sharper. Many students on the sixth day, on the seventh day, some on the eighth day, reach the stage that with this sharp mind, the entire physical structure starts getting divided, dissected, disintegrated, dissolved. No imagination, you are experiencing it, dissolved. The solidity is gone. Apparently the body looks so solid. But the actual truth is, it is mere vibration, mere vibration. Twenty-six centuries ago, this enlightened person, the Buddha, to him I say he was a great super scientist of the spirituality. Super scientist. He explored the truth, discovered the truth. Twenty-six centuries back, he discovered the truth that this solid-looking body is not solid. It is made of tiny little particles. He didn't use the word atoms, but the tiny little particles for which he says kalapa. Kalapa is the tiniest particle, invisible, invisible, tiniest particle of the material world. And he says this is also not solid. The tiniest particle of the matter is also not solid. It is just a wavelet, wavelet, arising, passing, arising, passing, and the entire body, and so also outside the entire world, mere vibrations, mere wavelets, wavelets. Not with the help of any modern scientific instrument or apparatus, by his own insight, and this is what the technique helps everyone to go to the depth to feel the solidity is gone, mere vibration, mere vibration. And it becomes again clearer that when I am observing these sensations on the body, apparently they look connected to the body. They are physical sensations, but they are very strongly related to the mind and more strongly related to mental impurity. As, it, as and when impurity arises in the mind, say anger, hatred, ill will, passion, fear, ego, there is bound to be a sensation on the body. If anger has a reason, there will be very unpleasant sensation on the body. So whatever sensation is always connected, most of the time connected with the mind. So you are again examining the interaction of mind and matter, mind and matter. The entire body is mere vibration, mere vibration. The mind also mere vibration, mere vibration. The mental contents, mere vibration, mere vibration. Initially, very gross, solidified mental contents arise, like emotion, like anger, like passion. Very solidified. You keep on observing, observing, without reacting to it, observing. This also gets divided dissected, disintegrated, dissolved, dissolved. So the entire physical structure, the entire mental structure, the combination of the two is nothing but wavelets, 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 wavelets of this frequency or that frequency, this wavelength or that wavelength, but mere wavelets, mere wavelets. As it is within the framework of the body, so it is outside the world, entire universe, Mere wavelets, mere wavelets. Our modern scientists, just over a hundred years ago, they discovered this fact 
that the entire material world, there is no solidity at all, mere wavelets, mere wavelets. Here, a great scientist discovers it with personal experience, not with the aid of any instrument, personal experience, mere wavelets, mere wavelets. What does one gain? What does one gain by realizing the truth that the mind and body are both mere wavelets, mere wavelets? Yes, everything is done to understand how misery arises and how you can get rid of this habit of generating misery for you. When you come to the stage, maybe first 10 day course or maybe second 10 day course, you have to come to that stage where you feel the entire body is mere vibration, mere vibration. Your attention goes to the eye sense doors, mere vibration. Ear sense door, mere vibration. Nose sense door, mere vibration. Tongue sense door, mere vibration. Body sense door, mere vibration. Mind sense door, mere vibration. These are the only six sense doors because of which we are aware of the world outside. Otherwise, there is no existence of the world for us. Someone blind, birth blind. For this person, a color, a shape, it's got no existence. Someone deaf, birth deaf. For him, the, the, the world of sound doesn't exist at all. So the world is world when it comes in contact with these six sense doors. Now, when one reaches that stage, one starts making an analytical study. What is happening? The attention goes, say, to any sense door. It has gone to the ear sense door. And a sound comes in contact to the ear sense door. A good vipassana meditator will experience ear sense door, mere vibration, mere vibration. The sound that has come is also vibration, vibration. One vibration coming in contact with another vibration, like you strike a gong, you strike the gong at one point, and the whole gong starts vibrating. Sound has come in contact with the ear sense door, and the entire body vibration, new vibration starts, which is neutral vibration, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Then one part of the mind, the first part of the mind, very important part of the mind, its job is just to see what's happening, or what's happening. Its job is to cognize. Cognize is something at the ear sense door. Or any shape or form comes in contact with the eye sense door. Or a smell comes in contact with the nose sense door. Or a taste comes in contact with the tongue taste door. Or something tangible comes in contact with the body sense door. Or some thought or emotion comes in contact with the, ear, the mind sense door. It just... Just accept something has happened. Look, something has happened. Just realize this effect that something has happened. Then immediately one finds there is a change in the vibration throughout the body. Throughout the body a neutral vibration has started because of the contact of mind, contact of the outside object with the mind, sense, with the sense door of the body then immediately the second part of the mind will raise its head. What has happened? What came in contact with the ear sense door? With all the memory of the past, with all the experience of the past, this part of the mind recognizes. First part only cognizes, second part recognizes. Oh, these are the sounds of words. What words? These are the words of abuse or words of insult or these are the words of praise recognize not only recognizes it gives evaluation also words of abuse very bad words of praise ah wonderful he has given a recognition as well as valuation immediately the flow of vibration which was quite neutral changes when the valuation is given these are words of abuse, very bad. One notices the flow of vibration is very unpleasant flow of vibration. Very unpleasant. 
when the valuation is given ah wonderful praise very wonderful one notices the flow of vibration very pleasant flow of vibration third part of the mind starts feeling these sensations pleasant or unpleasant pleasant or unpleasant and immediately the fourth part of the mind starts working and its job is to react as soon as one feels unpleasant sensation this part of the mind reacts aversion hatred i don't like it aversion hatred when one feels present sensation this part of the mind reacts craving clinging i like it craving clinging at the apparent level one was not practiced vipassana one remains under the delusion that i am reacting to the outside object i am reacting to these abuse or insulting words that somebody has said towards me or the praise that somebody has said i am reacting to this abuse or praise with aversion or craving no this is not the truth this enlightened person this was his enlightenment he discovered the truth a missing link is there you have forgotten that and that missing link is sensation or your body you are reacting to the sensations on the body at the apparent level yes you are reacting to the outside object but the actual level you are reacting to the sensation when the sensations are pleasant then you react with craving clinging when the sensations are unpleasant you react with aversion hatred and as one keeps on proceeding on the path proceeding on the path moving further on the path one understands that there is so much of peace deep inside and as soon as one has reacted with craving one is disturbed the peace is disturbed the balance of mind is gone one becomes very miserable very unhappy one generates aversion the peace of mind is gone the harmony is gone the happiness is gone one becomes very disturbed very unhappy so every time one generates craving or aversion and similarly any other defilement of the mind one becomes miserable this is how one keeps on generating misery for oneself sensations are there throughout the body pleasant unpleasant pleasant unpleasant day and night whether you are awake or asleep makes no difference whether you are eating or drinking no difference you are sitting or standing walking or lying every position every posture due to one reason or the other sensations are there different kinds of sensations and at the root level of the mind you keep on reacting craving aversion craving aversion you may keep on making yourself unhappy you keep on making yourself miserable that becomes clearer and clearer by experience by listening to these discourses or reading books won't help but when you experience then automatically the habit pattern starts changing out of ignorance i put my hand on flame burning fire it burns i take my hand back oh it burns i may make this mistake twice thrice then i understand it burns i won't touch it i will keep myself away exactly in the same way when you experience yourself deep inside look it burns i generate anger and there's a burning sensation i generate any impurity and look there's misery inside there's unhappiness inside nobody wants to live a life of unhappiness nobody wants to live a life of burning everybody wants to live a peaceful life harmonious life automatically the habit starts changing the habit starts habit changes at the root level that is more important than habit changing only at the surface level of the mind we are not here to condemn different techniques because every technique of meditation or i should say most technique of meditation gives some benefit or the other people get peace harmony even purity but merely on the surface level of the mind or slightly deeper the deepest part the root part of the mind is ignored and at the root level constantly the deepest part of the mind at the root level keeps on reacting craving aversion craving aversion grimace disturbed all the time at the surface level one has become very peaceful good at least at the surface level one is peaceful but this peace is so fragile time and again there is a volcanic eruption and again you are the same big impurity arises and you lost all the peace and harmony of your mind unless 
you rectify the root, correct the root. This is what this realized person realized. This is what this great scientist realized. He said that you have got a poisonous, huge tree, poisonous tree in your compound, very harmful. You cut it off. You don't like it. But the roots are still there. Another tree will sprout. Another will sprout. You are not free from that poison. So strike at the root. Get rid of the poison at the root level. And you find that you are free from misery. So practicing the reality, the truth, the truth, how misery starts, you go into the depth, you know this is how misery starts. And you also found out the way, if I don't react at the root level, my habit pattern starts changing, I don't generate impurity, I'm coming out of misery, I'm coming out of misery, and slowly people start coming out of the misery, becomes so clear, because it is so scientific, so pragmatic, so logical, no blind faith involved. No blind faith. You just experience yourself and you find something wrong in you. Naturally, you would like to rectify yourself and you rectify. And this is related to everyone. This is not something for the followers of Buddha. Nothing doing. He was a scientist. He never established a religion. I don't know when and how. Many centuries after that, people started feeling that Buddha founded a religion. Totally wrong. He was totally against founding any religion. No religion. A way of life. A pure scientist who makes one understand, makes everybody understand how misery arises and how it can be eradicated at the root level. It can be practiced by anybody and everybody. Anybody who practices will get the same result because everybody has the same problem. Human being is human being. Human mind is human mind. Black or white or yellow or brown makes no difference. This is only at the skin level, surface level. You cut it and you find the same blood, same thing inside. So the same human mind inside. You are from this country or that country makes no difference. You are an Indian or Pakistani makes no difference. You are an Israeli or a Palestinian makes no difference. Human being is human being. Male or female makes no difference. Human being is human being. So the whole technique is so scientific, so universal, so non-sectarian and result-oriented. It gives result here and now. So people accept it from every community, from every religion. Today, throughout the world, there is no religion in the world whose followers are not attending 10-day Vipassana courses. No religion. Not only the ordinary followers of a religion, leaders of religions are attending in large numbers. Till now more than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns, they have attended 10-day courses and more are coming. Like that leaders of every religion, Hindu or Buddhist or Jain, they are all coming and they get the same result. Because the misery is universal, the remedy is also universal. How can one say that it belongs to a particular religion only? Nothing doing. It is non-sectarian. I remember the case when the first missionary, three of them, Christian missionary, elderly people, they came to the course. At the end of the course, a very elderly mother superior, she says, Goenka, you are teaching Christianity in the name of Buddha. I am teaching. I am teaching spirituality. I am teaching dharma, the way of life. I am teaching the law of nature. Don't break the law of nature. And you are a happy person. She was quite correct. Because this is what Jesus Christ, a prince amongst the saints, such a saintly person, he taught the same thing. Have a pure heart, full of love, compassion, goodwill. But mere listening to the sermon, one does not, cannot make the heart pure, cannot generate pure love, compassion, one has to practice, and here is a practice, so they accept. Similarly, Muslims are coming to the courses. One of their leader at the end of the course says, the same thing is written in our Quran Sharif. He read two verses of Quran Sharif. The same thing is there. Whether Hindu or Buddhist or Jain or Muslim or, Yaw- or Jewish makes no difference. And that is why the technique is used by everyone. Courses are given in Israel, continuous courses. 
In the Muslim countries, Middle East, continuous courses are given. Iran, continuous courses are given. Of course, India. And every country, people belonging to different, different religions, different traditions, makes no difference at all. How the mind becomes very impure by generating some defilement or the other, and how we become so very much unhappy because of that, we lose our peace, our harmony. Everybody wants to live a life of peace and harmony because every religion teaches the same thing, live a moral life full of peace, harmony, love, compassion, goodwill. But how to get that? Mere sermons won't help and here is a technique which helps. Hard criminals who have who done such, such inhuman actions they have taken, how they get changed? Now courses are given in prisons. How they get changed? Not by sermons. They have been listening sermons from years together. Every prison has got some counseling of this religion or that religion. Doesn't work. But when they start experiencing themselves, when they reach the stage where they feel sensations in the body, clearly, then the teacher will ask, now what sort of thoughts are going on in your mind? Most of the time, those who are hard criminals in the jail, what sort of thoughts? Always negative thoughts. Anger, hatred, revenge. When I go out of prison, I will take revenge. That fellow who gave witness against me, I will kill him. That policeman who caught me, I will kill him. That judge who gave this judgment, I will kill him. Such kind of thoughts are there, most of them. And then the guide, the teacher will say, when you have these kinds of thoughts, see what sensation? What sensation on the body? And one realizes so unpleasant sensations, burning sensations. The palpitation increases, tension gets built up, misery, misery. What I am doing? I am harming myself. You will kill this person or you may not kill this person after 10 years or 20 years when you are released. You are killing yourself now. What you are doing? You are killing yourself. You are killing your own peace and harmony. This was a great discovery of that enlightened person, a great scientist. He discovered that before you harm anybody, you have to first harm yourself. You can't harm anybody without first harming yourself. So you kill somebody. How can you kill somebody? You have to generate tremendous amount of anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. Then only you kill somebody. And when you generate these negativities, you notice a burning sensation. So very much unpleasant sensation throughout the body. You have lost the peace of harmony your own. You have started harming yourself. You have not yet harmed somebody else. You have started harming yourself. You steal something which does not belong to you. You have to generate greed. And a good meditator, having gone to the depth of the mind, having experienced the peace there, the moment greed arises, disturbance arises. One has lost the peace of the mind, harmony of the mind. One has become miserable. One has not yet st stolen, but still one has started harming oneself. Sexual misconduct. How can one have sexual misconduct, rape or adultery? How? Without generating passion, lust. And when passion and lust is increased, is, uh, arises in the mind, one notices, I lost the peace of my mind. I lost the harmony of my mind. I lost the balance of my mind. I become a miserable person. Similarly, any unwholesome vocal action, you speak lies to deceive somebody, you speak harsh words, you will notice very unpleasant sensations, you lost the peace of your mind. So you are harming yourself before you harm anybody else. When that realization becomes clearer and clearer, naturally one starts living a moral life. Any immoral action, I am harming myself, and nobody wants to harm oneself. Everybody wants to live a peaceful life, harmonious life. So the technique is to train our own mind, find out where it goes wrong by self-awareness, self-introspection, and self-correction. Nobody else will correct you. You have to correct yourself. You have to realize yourself where I have gone wrong. Look how I am generating defilement in the mind and generating misery for myself. And how this misery keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. I become a slave of this misery. When courses are given to the prisoners in jail, I tell them that don't think that you are the only prisoners behind these walls. Yes, behind these walls you are prisoners. But those who are outside also, everyone is a prisoner. Prisoner of one's own unwholesome behavior pattern of the mind. 
all the time generating some impurity or the other, becoming miserable, becoming miserable. Everyone has to come out of this misery. Everyone has to come out of this this uh, prison. And the technique helps you to come out, come out of that. But one has to work. Mere understanding at the intellectual level, mere accepting it at the emotional or devotional level does not help. This will just give you some encouragement. This will give you some guidance. That's all. But everyone has to experience the truth within oneself, how I become miserable and how I can come out of misery. For that, one has to spare ten days of the life. Not that it's a rite or ritual or a ceremony going for ten days. You have to work hard. The technique requires you to work continuously, continuously, continuously from morning 4, 4.30 till night 9, 9.30. Continuously accept a few breaks for your lunch, for your breakfast, for your rest, etc. Otherwise, continuous, continuous. Because of your continuity of practice, you get the result. You go to the depth of the mind where you start feeling sensations. You go to the depth of the mind when you feel sensations and change the habit pattern of reacting to the sensation. Old habit pattern was to react to the sensation. You will notice as you keep on working with these sensations, the old habit pattern, whenever you experience unpleasant sensation, the old habit pattern is to react with aversion, aversion, hatred. Whenever you experience a pleasant sensation, the old habit pattern was to react with craving, clinging, craving, clinging. You are changing this habit pattern. And when you change this habit pattern, you are, you are coming out of this habit, this prison of craving, aversion, craving, aversion. You are coming out of your misery, you are coming out of your prison. Anybody can practice and get the same result. People are practicing from different communities, different countries, different traditions, different beliefs. Make no difference. Human being is human being. And they get the same result, the same result. But one has to spare time for that. You all have given one hour to understand this technique at the intellectual level. Good. It gives you inspiration, gives you a guidance, gives you inspiration. But actually, unless you practice, you don't get the benefit. So I am sure that you'll spare ten days of your life to learn this technique for your good, for your benefit, for your peace, for your harmony, and who knows through you for the good and benefit of so many others, so many others. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real liberation from the misery. Vipassana sounds very serious to me. Yes, it is serious. It is serious. Can you suggest something lighter or easier? <laughs> you just want to deceive yourself. Yes, lighter and easier. Just work at the surface level of the mind. But if you want to make a deep operation of the mind, want to reach the root level of the mind, you have to be serious and you have to work hard. How will your teaching help old age and dying? Old age will be there. I am getting old. I am Vipassana meditator. So what? And death will come sooner or later. Unavoidable. But the mind remains healthy. Mind remains sound. Mind never gets sick. Mind is sound then everything is good. If the mind becomes sick, then the body also gets sick. So don't get afraid of the old age or don't get afraid of the death. People who practice Vipassana regularly, they become fearless. No death of fear at all. No death of, no fear of the death at all. Death comes so what? You are aware. You are aware. And you pass away with awareness, awareness, calmly, quietly, smilingly. There have been cases, cancer cases. Cancer pain is so much. And terminal case of ten, cancer is so painful. And yet, we receive information from many of their relatives of the cancer students who died, Vipassana students who died, they keep on observing, 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 peacefully, 
smilingly they pass away so it's the art of dying and art of dying you can learn only when you learn the art of living so learn the art of living and don't be afraid of the death or old age a buddha's teaching is so good why is india so backward and corrupt yes it is backward it is corrupt because buddha's teaching is missing no vipassana if the entire country gets vipassana corruption will go away misery will go away and there is historical proof 250 years after buddha there was a the emperor in india ashoka and a big empire from afghanistan to bengal from north to south india boundary was so big and he learned this technique went away from the capital to a teacher 1000 miles away and learned for months together became perfect and then spread this throughout the country and then we find a big change came in the country there were no communal riots no sectarian riots no bloodshed no foreign invasion of the country there was so peace so much harmony so much prosperity in the country this can happen in every country provided vipassana starts spreading in the country i am already pretty happy why do i need vipassana Congra- congratulations you are happy but don't you want to become happier or happiest vipassana will help you to become happier and happiest and your present happiness are you sure it is eternal what will happen it is so fragile things may change any time and you lose your happiness with vipassana and with this technique you are always happy ups and downs in the life keep on coming and you won't lose your happiness do you hang do you have center at madras bengal in india yes it is in many places you you ask the management and they will give you all information in india there are many centers around the world there are many centers there is a website also called what www <laughs> and dhamma and dot and org something like this you find out from the management and you will get all information there are there any buddha alive today if the teaching of buddha is alive they must be happy it is alive india lost it within 500 years after buddha totally lost it went to different countries they are also totally lost only one country a neighboring country myanmar maintained it in its pristine purity and that is why we get it in its pristine purity so let the technique let the teaching remain alive more and more buddhas will come back this technique is there a one or three day meditation course one or three day you start bargaining <laughs> i was born in a business family so i know business people how they bargain i too i bargained with my teacher first time i went to him sir 10 days i'm such a busy person so much multifarious responsibility i have how can i spare 10 days but look i'm very intelligent also you teach me i'll practice at home why should i should come here and he just laughed all right one day i'll work with you one day nothing doing and then it became so clear 10 days are why 10 days are important it is not a punishment it is something very important first three days you have to sharpen your mind and that happens when you work continuously continuously going back home how how can you work continuously it must be done in a very congenial atmosphere without any disturbance mind has to be sharpened then you start feeling sensations initially gross sensations unpleasant sensation then you start feeling different kind of sensation throughout the body and then you train the mind not to react to the sensations you change the habit pattern all that takes minimum 10 days it may take even more about 100 years back this technique was taught to people who could spare one month and in this fast life one month is impossible i would have missed the whole technique so they reduced it reduced it to big 10 days less than that you don't get anything of course there are 
some students who have taken 10 day courses with me and they have started teaching why 10 days going ji takes 10 days look i will teach you within 3 days or just a weekend few hours in the morning few hours in the evening but give me so many dollars teaching for dollars madness dhamma cannot be taught with dollars and this is how they are spoiling the technique they are making a barrier for people to come to the right path because either someone who has taken a three day course or one day course or few hours course feels frustrated and didn't get nothing i got nothing in this or one feels now i know what vipassana is and why i spent in this now i know you are putting a barrier for the progress of the people you are putting a barrier for the liber- liberation of the people from misery so don't bargain give ten days i begin to practice before before taking the course oh how can i begin the practice before taking the course don't begin <laughs> never begin you might go on a wrong path and then it will be so difficult for the teacher to bring you on the right path so come with a clean slate and start practicing there 10 days is just the first information kindergarten class for you come for 10 days and then you will progress deeper the 10 day courses you teach are for adults do courses for children exist yes there are children courses also and there we teach only this anapana that means respiration and for short time and we find that also gives so much good result for the children their memory becomes sharp their understanding of the subject becomes clearer and clearer and of course character building from this age is there how to deal with daily responsibilities of setting goals and therefore being attached nothing wrong in setting goals but why attached by this practice you will find your capacity to work increases i found myself before taking vipassana in my business life and other social working life if i work for 8 hours i feel so exhausted so tired and after vipassana i find 10 hours 12 hours still so fresh so the capacity to work increases you are making decision becomes easier you make quick decision right decision which are good for you and good for everybody so don't feel that you will go, uh, run away from your responsibilities my wife is miserable <laughs> should i send her for vipassana <laughs> everyone wants to send the wife for vipassana <laughs> and the wife wants the husband to go vipassana why don't you practice vipassana and come out of your misery then you will find your wife will get attracted oh there is something good in this technique what a big change has come in my my husband and certainly she will come to vipassana first take vipassana yourself <laughs> how could you practice vipassana as a businessman business involves dishonesty that is why business was such a bad name yes but with vipassana dishonesty goes away honesty is the best policy and you don't lose your business i found after vipassana my business increased my turnover increased my profit increased and with a very peace of mind and large number of ceos have started coming now they are looking for spirituality in business why because they live a miserable life not that one has got money and that's why one is free from misery there is no freedom from misery by my money when they get vipassana then yes they are free from misery Oh there are many questions but only these four after that i am liberated good <laughs> good good how do you reconcile the love you feel for a woman and the attachment it generates you feel miserable when the attachment is there then you are not loving the woman you are loving yourself because you expect something in return this is not pure love pure love is one way traffic you don't expect anything in return and that happens when you go detached if you are attached then you always want something in return something in return and you don't get that something in return you are a miserable person so have love without misery without attachment why is there silence in your retreats because you notice you got a chattering mind all the time chattering 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 and you start chattering outside also then you give more food to this chattering mind it won't calm down 
therefore silence is necessary and moreover you go to depth of the mind only in a silent mind you can make this deep operation otherwise not successful first one or two days in some cases it is difficult people are so accustomed to talk 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 but after two days or so they feel so happy with the silence at the end of the ninth day they say this silence should have been continued further i feel so happy in silence and you will feel happy in silence i am a young man what is true love come to be person as you will know what is true love true love there is no trace of passion there is no trace of lust pure love full of compassion and as i said one with traffic just you give you give and that is pure love and you can get that only by practicing to purify your mind when the mind is pure you get pure love are the four noble truths important in relation to vipassana or dhamma you only practice four noble truths there what are four noble truths the misery you experience misery although you say i'm very happy very happy when you go deep inside you find you are so miserable i remember a case of a multimillionaire who came to the course he was pressed by so many of his friends it is so good so good you take a 10 day course and he came and he started arguing going kaji i got no no misery in my life i got all the comforts i don't know why i came here people pressed me so i am here all right you just practice after two days he ran away he said there's so much misery inside i can't bear it i can't bear it anyway misery is there because you want to keep yourself deceived and don't want to face the reality as it is finished happy be happy be happy enjoy the best fruits of the life by practicing vipassana may all of you be happy be peaceful be liberated